You're listening to episode 8. Hey there, Business Generals family. Welcome to another super episode of the Business Generals podcast where I feature amazing guests and I ask in-depth questions about their entrepreneurial journey. You know, my belief is that it doesn't matter how your journey in life started. It's not that important because great or small, the important thing is how you finish. So whatever your situation today, I want you to know that you can get your hopes up, that you are good enough to chase your dreams. In today's show, family, I dig into how it all started for our feature guests, how they have built their brand, and I even get into all the juicy details about their big challenges, their growth moments, and all their big breakthroughs. So it's going to be an amazing show. I actually selfishly started this podcast because I love to hear how entrepreneurs did it, and I wanted to ask the questions for myself. So really, I am the number one student. So Get ready for amazing coaching tips, family, to help you maximize your business dreams. Welcome and thank you for joining me here on the Business Generals Podcast, where I chat with amazing entrepreneurs five days a week. Davis Matewa here, your host. Super excited to bring you today's feature guest, Ms. Vasavi Kuma. Vasavi, are you ready to share your entrepreneurial story with us? I am. Thanks for having me on. Fantastic. Now, Vasavi is a freedom strategist who's obsessed with helping you achieve the freedom in all that you are. She's an Ivy League graduate, a certified coach, qualified vegetarian, best-selling author of Succeeding in Spite of Everything, featured on TV, radio, numerous online shows and magazines. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the legendary and boisterous Vasavi Kumar. Boisterous. I've never been called boisterous before. I love that. <laughs> now, Vasavi, before we talk business, perhaps just take 30 seconds. Tell us who is Vasavi and uh, a little bit about your non-business personal background. Uh, so who is Vasavi? Vasavi is someone that loves to experiment with life and have different experiences just because I can. And um, non-business background, I like to... You know, you call me a vegetarian. I, I am a vegetarian. I love to cook. I love to eat. I love to just kind of be with myself a lot of times. And uh, I've been spending a lot of time lately just kind of um, in solitude. I don't know why, but it's just been – there's just been a lot going on, so I find myself spending more time with myself. Mm, interesting. Now, business-wise, how long have you been full-time in business for yourself? It's been six years. Wow. Yeah, since 2010. Now, tell us a bit about your business. Uh, what are your core revenue um, sources right now? Yeah, my core sources of revenue right now is I work one-on-one with entrepreneurs, uh, either budding or seasoned, who are either looking to kind of have their business align with their personal values, or maybe they're just in the beginning stages and <laughs> they, they need help with kind of figuring out who their target market is, what are they offering, what are the prices, how are they going to get themselves out there. I also just started a new company called Soul Special, S-O-U-L, S-O-U-L Special. And that's um, meaningful merchandise that matters. So, you know, every month we're coming out with a new tank or T-shirt or hoodie. This month, for the month of September, because it's Suicide Prevention Month, we're doing No Shame written across the front. And 20% of all profits go towards the National Alliance on Mental Illness. So that's kind of my new thing that I got going on. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. I actually saw saw you in one of those... Um, products on, on Facebook. So I was actually wondering what, um, what that was. So how's, how's that, how did that come about, Vasily? That's just always, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for other ways to have uh, new revenue come in, in, in in fun ways, not just, you know, my, my thought process was, how can I still impact other people, but have it be 
without me delivering the service. And, you know, it's funny because people spend a lot of money on merchandise, you know, so it just it was kind of like a natural thing for me. And I, when I look at my target market for Soul Special, which are, you know, women and men who are trying to have a life that uh, makes a difference for other people and they love working out and they love being healthy, you know, I just figured a tank um, that you can wear to yoga or you can even wear out with some meaningful phrase on it, what I, I, I thought would be beneficial and kind of fun. It, it's actually allows me to use a different part of my brain, a much more creative side of my brain. So it just, it also came about because, um, you know, September 1st, which is just a few days ago, it's the 25th anniversary of my uncle taking his own life. And uh, there are so many people out there who are suffering and who are in pain and sometimes they don't want to live. And so for me, it's just really important that I give back somehow. And so this is the way that I chose to do it. Absolutely. And I appreciate that sharing that. I did see your post um, the other day um, about your, your uncle and I think a couple of people responded well to that. Um, how's, how's, the, um, how's the tank top sort of coming along in terms of what you were expected from a product? I know this is something different from what you normally do. So how's that coming along? It's coming along well. You know, I've teamed up with a screen printer here in Austin. They're really cool. They're called Industry Print Shop. And uh, together we came up with the designs and the logo. And uh, I've actually sold about $500 already worth of tanks. That was simply just through reaching out to friends, families, and colleagues, uh, asking them to buy one and then kind of share it on social media. Because it's one thing when you can promote yourself. It's another thing when somebody else is promoting you. So, yeah, that's just literally in 48 hours I've sold about $500 worth of merchandise. That's amazing. I actually have a uh, my brother-in-law, who's also uh, somebody that I coach, who runs um, a t-shirt business um, over in Zambia. So uh, very interesting. Very good. Uh, that's that's awesome to hear. Now, tell me about um, how you you got sort of out of the corporate world. I was never in the corporate world. I I never worked at for a job ever in my life, except last year when I shut my business down for a year. I've never worked for anybody because the thought of having to work for somebody feels like a slow death to me. So I never actually, I never actually worked for anybody. I just always, uh, I was a, more of a professional student. You know, I was getting my master's at Columbia in social work, and then I found out about the coaching industry, and then I went into, through a coaching training program in 2010, and just started my business. Okay. Um, talk me through that process because I believe a lot of the education system, nothing wrong with it. I spend a lot of time being educated myself um, in finance, but we're we kind of taught to look after um, other people's businesses, you know, whether you're in marketing, in finance, in social work, maybe other people's um, uh, in social work, I guess you're working for not for profits, but essentially taught to become an employee. How did you navigate around that and just make a decision that I'm just going to go and get started in my own business? Well, it's just really simple. I just knew that it wasn't it wasn't for me. I don't like being told what to do. I don't like being told when I can have off. I don't like to be told when I can take a lunch break. I've never been like to be told how to do anything. So it was just, it, I mean, I guess it's the plant. seed was planted in me since I was a kid because my mother's a cardiologist. My father's a CPA and they both have their own practices. So I grew up watching my parents have a lot of freedom with their time and money. So I just naturally took on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So something that was passed on, you, you reckon, from your parents? Yep. So why, did, why didn't you become an accountant or a cardiologist? Because it's boring. Accounting to me is the most boring thing ever. Um, I love my father, but he's, you know, he, he loves, he did it more as a profession. I don't think he's actually passionate about accounting. It was just, you know, back in the day, he, you know, he's an immigrant coming from India and, you know, he's looking to have a stable, secure flow of income for, for him and his family. And as far as being a doctor, uh, which is what a lot of Indian kids, you know, were pushed to go into the medical field, I just... I never really saw my mom growing up because she was so busy working and I just, I didn't want to have that pressure. 
to not be able to really do what I love because I was constantly catering to other people. That's why I chose not to be a doctor. That is very interesting. That is very interesting. Now, when you, when you got started in 2010, talk to me about how you acquired your first client when you went full-time. Well, I emailed everyone in my Gmail account, and I let them know, here's what I'm up to, here's, here's the stuff that I can help you with, uh, click this link and you know, pay me, basically, and then we can set up a time. Like I just wrote to everyone that I knew. And my first few clients were parent, my, fr- my parents, friends, kids, and so it was a lot of the elders in our community that were hiring me for their own children. And were these your peers or younger? They were younger. They were younger. So I was 27 when I started my own business, and these were all girls who were in their early 20s that I was working with. Very interesting. So um, you just went out, and and I asked that because you know there's always that mindset. You know, am I worthy of of starting my own business? How do you overcome that? I always knew I was worthy. I just there was there's never been a time where I didn't think I was worthy. It's probably because I was told growing up that I'm intelligent, that I'm smart, that I'm brilliant. I mean, I was I was given a lot of positive affirmation growing up, but I also uh, just had that work ethic where if I wanted something, I went after it, and that was it. And I didn't let anyone or anything stop me. So you know, my confidence comes from evidence, right? I have evidence to show that when I put my mind to something, I do it. So there was really never a doubt for me. Mm. That's interesting. And what was your growth strategy? So you've, you've, you've emailed you've, all your contacts in your Gmail, and um, how do you escalate? How did you do that? I was just consistent with my marketing. I was consistent. I put myself out there. If I wanted to be on TV, I reached out to TV stations. I looked up radio stations, reached out to them, let them know what I want to talk about. Um, and then it's, just, it's all about consistency, right? My one strategy was to constantly go out and network and meet people and offer a consultation with me. And I just did that over and over and over and over again. So consistency does breed success. Interesting. And, and how has that changed now if you're talking about generating leads and new business right now? Well, it's interviews like these that actually drive uh, sales because every, every time, actually I should probably say this, 100% of all new clients come from uh, podcast interviews. So people who are listening to podcasts come to me, they say, I heard you on so-and-so podcast, I'd love to talk to you, I offer a 20-minute chat with them, and then from there I can drive them into one of my programs if we're a good fit. So I just do one thing. I've done one thing consistently, and that is podcast interviews, and that's why I say yes to doing podcast interviews because it is my sales funnel. That's very interesting. And so initially you were doing emails, you were going out to networking events. I suppose you're still doing some of that, but now you're networking through through podcast interviews like this one. Yeah, I hardly, like, I, I don't even remember the last time I went into uh, a networking event because I'm quite the introvert, and I just, you know, for me it's just... Uh, what? Yeah, I am. Isn't that funny? I am. <laughs> I am. Do you know, talking about, um, I first heard you on, on a podcast and we were together listening in the car with my wife and she was like, you should interview this lady. Um, so you definitely resonated with your, um, just your ability to communicate and, and how excited you are about what you do. So, so there's some live feedback for you for anybody listening to this. She's a, she's a great, great person to have, um, speak, speak for your event or just, you know, interact with you, with your group. Thank you. So I want to talk about fear of failure. You know, I know you talk about you're a lot, you've been a life coach and business coach, entrepreneur coach. Fear of failure holds a lot of people away from entrepreneurship. Probably slightly different from, from your original background, but um, I would imagine you encounter a lot of people who are probably like in my shoes, spent the last 15 plus years in a corporate role, but uh, always wondering how it would be like running your own business. And, um, and you know, you're comfortable in your role. Uh, you got good good income, but you know you could maybe do something that you're more passionate about, more excited about. Not everybody, but some. How do you help people navigate that? 
Well, I think it boils down to what do you want, right? Well, and even if you don't know what you want, what is something that you've always wanted to do, but you've kind of put it on the back burner? You know, it's just a matter of asking yourself the questions that most people don't take the time to answer, which is what do I want? What do I like? Who am I about? Um, how, how do I want to give back? What makes me feel the most alive? When am I the happiest? You know, what is a natural skill set that I have or a natural talent that I have that I've been ignoring? You know, we all have something great about us, um, and, and we all have a talent that can be cultivated it's just a matter of whether or not you're choosing to spend the time on it. I mean, the first thing is to really acknowledge that you want more, you know, because a lot of people are okay with just settling and doing the status quo and moving on through life and not being really happy, and they just kind of settle for a mediocre. But if you really want more, you've got to be willing to ask yourself those questions. What do I want? And how is this sort of um, manifested for you? Um, can you share a moment where you felt um, you couldn't get yourself up in the morning, you going through a period of failure. I know you talked about a period where you stepped back into corporate about maybe a year or two ago. How was that? Yeah, I did not step back into corporate. I've never been in corporate. But what did happen last year in 2015 is that I shut down my business and I started working five jobs and it was because I had just gotten divorced in uh, November of 2014 and I just had a lot going on. I mean, no one prepares you for divorce, you know. So uh, I just I just realized I cannot give back to my clients and or to people who want to work with me because I'm going through way too much right now and I just needed to pause. So I became an Uber driver. I worked at a vegan restaurant. I was substitute teaching. You know, I used a lot of my training that I had from schooling, like social work and teaching and I'm a licensed special education teacher and a cook. I went to vegetarian culinary school and I just started making money doing that. I just needed the time off to be with myself, really. And um, it's just I just knew that if I continued like being in my business but not really pay attention to what was going on with me emotionally that it would not really be benefiting anybody so i just i did what i had to do and i took a step back and how do you get back from that i spent a lot of time with myself you know i got to really know what i was made of and um my i i think i always knew that i had a great work ethic but um last year really kind of proved to me you know being a newly divorced woman it was the first time me being alone and also being financially on my own i i made it i was able to be on my own financially uh not through coaching but through other jobs and i just became very proud of myself and my level of respect in myself went up because I refused to borrow money from my parents, from, from anybody, because I really wanted to stand on my own financially. And I chose to come back into my coaching because the, enough time had gone by where I actually was able to emotionally heal a lot of the stuff that I'd gone through since the divorce. Um, and when I, when I thought the time was right, I came back. That's um, In January of this that, year. And yeah. congratulations for that. That's, um, that's very interesting. There's always a, a theory of um, hitting, the, hitting the bottom, right? And so, so it's kind of like you hit that bottom, rock bottom, and you feel like, Okay, if I can survive a whole year, um, and, you know, I'm not in jail, I'm not, not dying, I'm still here, um, then I can, I can look up and keep moving, right? Yep, exactly. It's just about showing, proving your, to yourself who you are, right? Rather than what other people think or have defined you as or what you think you ought to be. It's really just about proving to yourself. I mean, that's, that's really all we have, we have anything to prove to. We have nothing to prove to anybody else but ourselves. So, you know, I, I stayed in my own lane and I just focused on gaining the respect for myself yeah. back. So, so Vasa, let's talk to somebody who's listening and, you know, they're, they're working in a, in a, you know, nine to five and, they're listening to this and they say, I wish I could be a coach. I wish I could use my expertise to step out and help young people or help, um, you know, people who are going through divorce. As you say, you know, nobody's preparing somebody for that process. So how, how do they 
take that first first step without being overly worried about their finances, for instance? They take the first step, whatever that is. I, I mean, I, we all have the answer at the end of the day. Is it that you sign up for a course? Is it that you're reading a book? Is it that you make a list of all the things that you love uh, helping people with? Is it that you hire a mentor or a coach? Just take the first step. I don't know what that first step is. And I think that's where people get tripped up is I don't know what the first step is. The first step is the first step. Whatever that is, just take it. Because a lot of times we get so caught up in what is the first step that we don't even end up taking the first step. I'm saying be willing to take the first step and it will come. Mm. And and I say, well, I've got no idea. That sounds theoretic. How do I go practical? So get so get some help. Get some help. Go to someone who you who you admire. Go to someone who you respect. Read a book of theirs. You know, research articles on how to start your own coaching business. You know, you got to got to take that first step, whatever that means, wherever the gap is. So if you don't even know where to begin, maybe you would Google how to start a coaching practice. You know, it's really simple. The thing is, I'm not trying to uh, complicate anything for people. I think we as human beings complicate everything for us. But actually, the answers are all within us. We just have to be willing to not make things so difficult and realize that the first step is usually the hardest, but it's also the simplest. And we don't we, we think that things have to be hard in order for it to be helping us produce results, but that's not necessarily true at all. And it's not it's not theoretical. It's 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 absolutely what I have constantly done in my life, whether it's in my coaching business or my new company, just taking that first step. I don't know anything about merchandising. You know what I mean? This is my first time getting into merchandise. I just I researched a lot, I looked at other people who are doing similar things, and then I asked myself, Okay, well what would be the first natural step for me? And I took that. Mm. Tell me, coaching school. So you, you've gone to coaching school and I created um, International Coaching Federation um, institution that you went to. Did that help? Uh, it really helped as far as personally. You know, I love my training program that I went to because it forced us to look at, you know, I was in a cohort of like 15, 20 people. It forced me to really look at my own life so as to be able to help other people. Because how can you really help anybody in anything if you yourself don't have yourself together in your own life, you know? So it really forced me to do a lot of the inner work that I feel like a lot of coaches don't do, you know? It's not enough to say you can help someone. you got to be walking that walk and talking that talk also. So I'm really grateful for that coaching program, uh, even though it was a little cultish, to be quite honest. But, you know, it's still, it, it definitely was. But it, it, it forced me to kind of really look at my own life where the gaps are in my life so I could work on myself and that way I could provide people with better coaching. So it helps you just, you know, be more authentic with your message. Yeah, totally, which I, I don't think a lot of people are these days. It's kind of mm. sad, but mm -hmm. yeah. And starting your um, soul special uh, merchandise business, did you think about mentorship at that point or did you just know you're just going to do your own research and do a bit of reading and stuff like that? I just trust myself. There's, there's nothing anyone can tell me that I can't figure it out myself. So, you know, for me, in the beginning, I've invested over $400,000 in my, in my coaching business. And um, I had a lot of mentors back in the day. But now I just trust myself. I trust myself. If I don't know the answer, I look it up. I research it. But ultimately, I trust myself. There's nothing anyone can tell me that, you know, I, I don't have from within. So, yeah. Tell me what was your biggest breakthrough moment in your business over the last, you know, six years? I'm going to say the biggest breakthrough was probably just this past year uh, after I decided to come back and I was really, really clear that I wanted to work with entrepreneurs and I did not want to work on the life stuff anymore because it's exhausting. And once I became really, really clear on my target market and my messaging, that's when I really started to 
do well and make a very decent, uh, more than decent living doing one-on-one coaching where, you know, a lot of people stray away from that. They think they can just, you know, put together a course and put it out there and they're going to just sit back and get passive income. But for me, I really just like to work with human beings one-on-one. That's where I learn the most. That's where I grow. That's where I get to uh, understand really what are the different needs, wants, and desires by other people. So I enjoy working with human beings. Um, and so the breakthrough for me was, wow, I'm really clear about who I want to work with and then the right people come to me. And I think before I was kind of all over the place and I was like, oh, I want to help this person. I want to help that person. But, you know, now I'm just really clear about who I work with. And who, who do you work with? I love working with anyone who's in the service-based industry. Um, you don't have to necessarily be a coach and a consultant, uh, but I work with interior designers. I work with other people in merchandise. I work with yoga studio owners, but it's really a, a lot of times they come to me because they want to look at new revenue streams. They want to create products. They want to um, kind of expand their reach online or they have an idea. They just need a sounding board, but anyone who comes to me with the thing, you know, I, I, I rarely work with people who come to me and say, I don't know what I want because that's a lot of heavy lifting for me and so I guide them to one of my digital programs I have a program called the art of taking confident action I said first do my program it's 197 bucks figure out what you want and then come back to me but um, usually the people that end up and listening to work with me one-on-one are people who are pretty clear about who they are and what it is they want to do what it is and how they want to get out there right right so help me just understand your coaching funnel right or your sales funnel whatever you want to call it so basically um it's pretty simple. I have a free online training video. So anytime I do a podcast interview like this, I um, let people know, go to vasavikumar.com slash focus action, sign up for my free training video, which is about how to take action in less than 20 minutes on one business idea. And then from there, I invite you to, you know, um, take me up on my offer, which is a 20 minute, no strings attached chat. And once I get them on the phone, then I can kind of figure out what's your problem. Do I have a solution? Here are the different ways that you can work with me. And that's it. It's very simple. So keeping it simple and you, you're clear on who you're looking for and therefore that chat is a two-way, you know, understanding. Do I want to work with you? Do they want to work with you, I guess, right? Yep. Do, do I want to work with them? Mm, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like I because I, there are many people that I've spoken to that I'm like, uh-uh, this is going to be – this is not going to be fun for me because, you know, uh, if I have people come to me, they're very skeptical and they're like, well, I need evidence that you're going to help me get results. And I'm like, I'm not in the business of proving myself to anybody. If you want to talk to many of my hundreds of clients that I've worked with, go ahead. But the, if someone is going to struggle or to be skeptical from day one – it, it, they're going to be skeptical throughout the process. So I'm really all about working with people who are emotionally responsible for themselves. They take care of themselves. They do the work offline as well in between our calls, and they're not waiting from um, they aren't waiting for some savior to come down and kind of rescue them. You know, I'm I'm, I'm not anybody's savior, and I definitely refuse to be placed in that box. And so it really is a collaborative partnership. When I'm working with you, you have expertise, I have expertise, and I'm going to help bring that out in you. And was that always your thought process? Because sometimes when you get started, you feel like you're leaving money on the table in that way, right? Oh, yeah, totally. When I first started, no, I was not like that at all. I was desperate. I wanted everyone to work with me. I wanted to work with everybody, even if they were like a pain in the you-know-what. I was like, oh, okay, sure, I'll, I'll take it on. But now I'm all about simple. It has to be fun. It has to be easy. You have to be willing to take responsibility for yourself. You have to be a, a learner, uh, a humble student, and you've got to be willing to do the work and not question everything I say along the way. I'm not saying don't question me at all. I do think you should question yourself. But if you're going to be investing time and money into working with me, you need to, it needs to be a conscious choice on your part don't hire me or don't hire anybody because you're hoping somebody's going to rescue you because that's not a healthy place for you to live in 
How do you find your clarity? How do you make that transition to get clear about who you want to work with? Because I think that can be tough. I think it's because I've had, I've had so many years where I was not clear. For so long, I, w- I wasn't clear. And then, you know, it was really all last year, um, Davis, when I took that year off, I became, I took, I paused. I paused and I took some time and I looked within and I asked myself, what really matters? What am I really good at? Who do I want to work with? And, um, I'm just clear. I'm, I, I know what I want and what I don't want. And it's very clear. And I, and I, I'm not trying to please the world. I'm just trying to be happy. Mm. And do you start with what you don't want um, in that process, or it was kind of all mixed together? Yeah, you know, that's really really great that you asked that, because a lot of people, they don't know what they want, but then I always start with, well, what do you not want? Let's at least start with that. Let's start with what you don't want, um, so you can get clear on what you do want. So I knew that I didn't want to work with people on a lot of their emotional issues, even though I'm a trained social worker, I'm a licensed social worker, I didn't want to take on the emotional baggage of other people. So I was very clear I did not want to do that. I was very clear that I wanted to work with people who had an idea and wanted to get it out there and needed help promoting themselves and kind of gaining that confidence for me to kind of push them to go after what they what they want. I was very clear I do not want to talk about your mommy and daddy issues. You can go to an actual therapist for that. Even though I Even though I'm qualified to help people with that, I really, like, there was no way that I wanted to um, do that anymore. So I was clear on that. But uh, I'm recently finding out lots of people talking about you can't separate my personal life out of my business life, right? So if I've got mommy and daddy issues that are prevalent, then it's going to impact in my in my gym, my personal fitness gym. So how do you help me like that? I think when it comes to the emotional, it's not that I don't talk about it, but I don't want to play the role to help you get past your mommy and daddy issues. I go to therapy every week. And so I say to somebody, if you have mommy, daddy issues, get that handled because that will infiltrate every other area of your life. I'm just not going to be the one to talk to you about that. I don't, I don't, it's it's exhausting. It's exhausting for me. And, um, that's why, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I like to work with people who are mostly responsible for their stuff. So if you see you have an issue, go get the help. Go, go to therapy. Don't, don't dump that on me. We are here for a specific purpose. If we happen to talk about certain issues from the past that come up, sure, we'll talk about it. But you are not hiring me to be your therapist. Yeah. I want to ask you this. So you've mentioned people who are emotionally responsible for themselves. You've probably said that two or three times. So is this something that you've actually written down somewhere as you, who your target client is? No, uh, that's a, that's a great question. No, I have not actually written it down. It's just something that I know in my head. Like, I cannot work with people who are not willing to, um, clean up the mess. You know, if you, if you started something, clean it up. If you've done something, instead of blaming other people, look at what you did to cause that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's really being responsible for who you are, all aspects of yourself, and be responsible for your emotions and how you show up and what you say and how you say it, and don't think the world is out to owe you something. Like, the world doesn't owe you anything, right? So it's like, people, and anyone who has a sense of entitlement for me, it's like, I can't work with you if you think the world is meant to owe you something. The world doesn't need to owe you anything, right? You have to be willing to go after what you want and get it. So it's not something I've written down. It's just something that I'm very passionate about. Yeah. Now, there's a gap in the market that you mentioned, and I've heard you say this before. Nobody prepares you for going through divorce, right? So through that one year when you were contemplating and reevaluating, did that come up as an entrepreneur? I'm sure that came up and said, there's a gap in the market. I'm going to do this. Help people. No, I no, because I no, I didn't want to create a product out of it. I was living it. I was I was down in the dumps. My last thought in my head was, oh, I'm in the dumps right now. I'm sure other people are in the dumps right now. Let me create a product around it. No, that's exactly what I didn't do. What I did was tend to myself and my soul and my healing. Just because you have a problem, you don't have to create a product out of it every time. No, but 
do you find clients who are in that, in that situation and like, well, maybe it's not such a deep emotional problem, but just a problem in a, in a business sense, right? And would you coach them and say, well, there's a gap there? Of course I would. No, if I see an issue, if I see a gap, I'm not going to ignore it, right? If I see that there are things from your past or in your mindset or in a broken way of thinking that's actually not serving you, I will definitely point it out. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to create a product around it, though. I hope that answers your question. Is, no, is absolutely. That, okay. I'm just thinking, um, you know, I'm sure um, maybe down the track when things have kind of blown over a little bit more into a solid sense, you might um, create um, something that helps people out who are going through that situation because I think there might be value there. I got to be honest with you, though, Davis. Everything that I create from here on out is uh, I'm very clear on I, I want it to be the fullest and the highest uh, self-expressed it's not necessarily about is this going to help other people. Uh, I first want to ask, is this, is this enjoyable for me? Is this enjoyable? Do I even want to do this? Because when, if it, when it's enjoyable for me and when I'm loving what I'm doing and I'm crazy about it and I'm obsessed, people will inevitably benefit from it. Uh, the, the kind of thinking that I had to pull back and kind of reverse the way I think is instead of how is this going to help other people, I ask myself first, is this, is this what I want? Do I even want this? Because the last thing that I want is to create something for somebody else, and then I get burnt out in the process. So now I'm in the kind of inquiry of what can I create? Is this something that I would love? Is this something that's fun for me? And then from there, putting it out there. You know, just like these shirts that I created through um, Soul Special. You know, I was so excited about it. I, I texted all my friends and my colleagues, and they all bought a shirt just like that. Some of them bought two, three shirts. And I was just excited about it. And I was like, hey, I have this I have this cool tank. Do you want it? It says no shame on it. It's really awesome. This is what it's about. And they're like, yeah, sign me up. You know, so when you're really pumped about what you're doing, uh, that, that will have an effect on the people around you. Mm, that's a big twist. So, I mean, there's a lot of teaching around, you know, serving others which is obviously important but then you starting the model from how do i enjoy this process rather than how will my avatar client enjoy this and therefore i'm going to serve it but how am i going to enjoy am i going to be excited about it and then that guides you as to become attractive for that and you you attract those people right yep that's exactly what it is you have to be excited about it first and then you get other people excited about it too now how do you rank these um faith fun family finance friendship you mean which comes first to me? Yeah. Do you, do you rank any of these higher than others? Faith comes first, 100%. Finances come second. I love money. Uh, faith comes first. Because of my faith, I, I am where I am financially right now because I do surrender to the outcome. If someone wants to work with me, great. If they don't, oh, well, there's, there's many more people out there. So it's faith and then finances and then fun and then uh, family and then uh, friendships. That's great. Now, Vasavi, 30-second look into a day in your life when you started and um, a day in your life today? Okay, so 30 seconds when I started is get up, uh, go work out and spend, you know, eight hours in front of the computer comparing myself to other people and what they're doing. This is six years ago, right? Uh, today it's, uh, you know, I have coffee, I go work out, I come back, I get on the phone. If I have, I eat, I eat, I always eat first thing after I work out and then look at my calendar and I have some days that are all sales calls and some days that are all um, uh, clients. So depending on that, back to back to back. And then in the evening, I'll check all my emails and that's it. So you check your emails in the evening? Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not in a rush to get back to anybody. If it's if it's a utmost priority, of course, then I will get back. But um, I do not spend my time comparing myself to other people online. I don't care who you are. You're not better than me. I'm not better than you. We're all just doing our own thing. I don't like to be creatively distracted. So I do not spend a lot of time in front of the computer unless I absolutely need to. Yeah, 
And sales calls? What what do you call sales calls? Those are my 20-minute chats that I do with people. So either through my list, people can see that um, they can sign up and to talk to me for 20 minutes, and those are sales calls. That's what's your problem. Let me see if I have a solution, and we can see if we can work together. Like I have about three sales calls today, actually. Um, and then, you know, actual fulfilling of the services are clients who have already paid me, and now we're just kind of doing our calls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you invest in mentors? I think you've mentioned about you do you you do or you did. Um, do you still do? And who are those for you? And why do you still do it? If you still do, I've invested in a lot of mentors in the past. Lisa Nichols uh, was my was my mentor. She really taught me how to speak uh, publicly and kind of learn how to be a better storyteller. I don't invest in any any mentors anymore. I don't because I'm so clear on who I am and what I want to do that I just you know if I have a problem I'll figure it out myself and uh, I'm just. I don't spend a dime on any more mentors, courses, programs, ebooks. Oh my God, masterminds, retreats. No, nothing. Nothing, nothing. at all. Nope. <laughs> nope. Very interesting. Uh, Basil, your best two books that are must reads for entrepreneurs in your mind? Uh, I love uh, Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. It's a great book because it kind of really shows that dialogue back and forth between our ego and our higher self. And I think as entrepreneurs, when you're starting out, we have a lot of those conflicts in our head. And am I doing this right? And how, you know what I mean? Like we, we, we have that fear-based voice, but then we have that other voice that tells us, no, you can do it. So I love this book because it really kind of shows what that dialogue sounds like uh, back and forth. And then um, a second book... I don't know. I don't have a second book. I'm sorry. I, I don't. You know what it is? I got rid of so many personal growth books, marketing books, business books. I don't own a single book anymore uh, because I don't like to ingest information. I really don't. I don't like to ingest it. I, 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 what happened was, Davis, I went so hard for about five years straight where I constantly was looking for information outside of myself. And I'm, I am someone who takes information and executes and, and I implement it immediately. I don't just, I don't hoard information. I got to the point where I'm at now. It's like, I got everything I need right inside of me. I don't want to read another book if I don't have to, you know, if I find something that's interesting, I will. So for example, right now I am reading the book, the art of money by Barry Tesler. I love that. It talks about values-based bookkeeping, how to get over money, shame, how to get over money, guilt, how, how to, how to, you know, um, manage your finances. If something, you know, if there's an area of my life where I'm, I want to become better, I'll b- get a book on it. So the art of money, I really wanted to kind of learn more of the underpinnings of any money stories that I had in my life. So I was reading that. But, you know, the, I've read so many, many books and they've all helped me at some point or another in different stages of my life that I can't just pinpoint one and say, you must read this. Because, you know, if a book was beneficial for me, it's because of where I was at in my life. How can I tell somebody else, oh, you should read this book? It really depends on where you're at in your life, you know? So I love Conversations with God. That is my one book that I always recommend. And, uh, you know, I would say to somebody, if you're going through money stuff, get a book on money. If you're going through relationship stuff, get a, get a book on relationships. You know what I mean? Like get, strive, strive to be the best person you can be every day, and that's it. And I don't have all the answers. Yeah, that's good. I like it. Um, Basil, what's the best way for people to connect with you? So um, if they go to vasavikumar.com forward slash focused action, one word, you get my free training video. And then upon watching that, I invite you to do a 20-minute chat with me. Um, and uh, we can get on the phone and, you know, like actually talk 
talk to each other on the phone like normal human beings, you know, versus just back and forth or email, which I think is important. I don't think in this day and age people even connect with other human beings. You have to talk to real people. So I invite everyone to get on the phone with me. We do a 20-minute chat. If you see that there's a um, – if you think that I'm a good fit for you and if I think you're a good fit with me, we can work together. Simple. Fantastic. So that's vasavikimura.com slash forward fo- focused action? Yeah, forward slash focused action. Yep. Fantastic. Well, that's awesome. Hey, before I ask my last question, I just want to acknowledge you for everything you've um, spoken through here, all that you're doing in the marketplace, all the things you've you know, come away from and been able to pursue your dreams, which I, I believe in turn helps others do the same. As they see you going forward, you know, that encourages them and gives them permission to do the same. And you know, more specifically for pouring out your words of wisdom to inspire our community here in Business Generals and on this show today. So I want to say thank you for that. Um, and now for the last question, Vasavi, when all is said and done, what legacy do you want to leave and uh, be remembered for? And tell us why. I want to be rem- uh, remembered for the fact that I uh, people could always come to me for an honest response. And I, I, I am just honest. I'm just an honest human being and I have an excellent work ethic and uh, I'm someone to be trusted. Yeah, just honesty, integrity and trust. Fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out with me and Vasavi today. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And more importantly, my hope is that you can get your hopes up that you are good enough to chase your dreams. And remember to head on over to businessjournals.com for all the show notes. Just type in Vasavi in the search bar. That's V-A-S-A-V-I. And uh, her show notes will pop up with everything we talked about today. So that's businessjournals.com. And to reach out to Vasavi, you just jump on to vasavikuma.com forward slash focused action for her free all the free stuff that Vasavi has and uh, to have a chat with Vasavi Vasavi thank you so much for being on the Business Journals podcast today and for sharing your story with us for that we are grateful and uh, we believe you are a true business general thank you hey what's up Business Journals family thank you for joining me and for listening to the Business Journals podcast connect with me at Davis Mutabwa that's D-A-V-I-S M-U-T-A-B-W-A Connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and you can certainly find me at our podcast blog, businessjournals.com. And while you're there, remember to access all the show notes, a ton of free resources, killer training, and so much more. Love you guys. Thank you for joining me. Ciao.